This podcast is taken from the book, Godly Grit, Prepared to Stand, that will be available as a paperback and Kindle ebook on Amazon June the 1st, 2021. The audiobook should be available on Audible in the summer of 2021. We must choose our footwear carefully. Our footwear must fit properly and be appropriate for our purpose. Your footwear is your contact point with the world. If you are golfing today, you will need footwear that will give you traction. And if you are ice skating, you will need footwear that will allow you to glide across the ice. If you are a disciple of Jesus, your footwear should be the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace is your faith in action. It is your place and purpose where you connect to your world with your God-given voice. It is your service and generosity demonstrated to others for the glory of God. It is your faith in action in your community. Service is a natural byproduct of a living and real faith. Galatians 5 verse 13 Beloved ones, God has called us to live a life of freedom in the Holy Spirit. But don't view this wonderful freedom as an opportunity to set up a base of operations in the natural realm. Freedom means that we become so completely free of self-indulgence that we become servants of one another, expressing love in all we do. The opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is blinding self-indulgence. The dictionary definition of freedom is the power or right to act, speak, or think as one wants without hindrance or restraint. The freedom that is worth pursuing should produce joy and contentment, not pressure and disappointment. Freedom used for limitless self-indulgence can only provide very short-lived pleasure and satisfaction. The freedom that results in long-lasting peace is the freedom found in serving God and others. As you serve, you will find your grit will grow. So, what does it mean to serve? Serve is nothing more than love in action. If you are aware of your needs, you know how to serve others. Service requires the ability to see past your wants, conditions, and desires so you can see a little more clearly what is going on with those around you. Service is living and breathing the life of 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 to 7, where Paul informs us, Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's own achievements or inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seek its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. 
Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. Love is a safe place of shelter, for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. This kind of love is not humanly possible. As self-centered beings, we are all too wrapped in ourselves to love in the way that God intended that we love. To love God's way, we need supernatural comfort when we are troubled, we need supernatural guidance when we are confused, and we need supernatural joy when we feel discouraged. The comfort, guidance, and joy we need to love is the promise of the Holy Spirit's witness to our spirit. With this kind of love, we can prefer others above ourselves and live the life God intended. We can provide others a meaningful level of respect and compassion. God so loved the world, so if we are His children, we should love as He loves. As we race through life, it is easy to become numbed by reports of people in anguish. We hear media reports hourly of wars, natural disasters, and human tragedy. Lord, help us to slow our pace so we can see others as you see them. The temptation is to see people as statistics on a graph, but those parents who just lost a child to a drug overdose are not numbers on a chart. They are creations of God who are in deep pain. Pause. Consider their pain. Pray for them. Be available. And if God opens the door, be ready to reach out a hand. This kind of service is not what we would call a doormat type of service. There must be a balance between love and trust. To love your drug-addicted child who asks for money by giving them what they ask for is not love. It is dangerous codependency. For service to be meaningful, there have to be boundaries. God loves us, but He has also established limits and boundaries. Boundaries are for our benefit. They are not meant to constrain us. Setting boundaries is difficult when we are more concerned about ourselves than we are about the other. In the example of the child asking for money, if you need the child to love you for a sense of meaning in your life, you'll have a significant problem setting boundaries. Boundaries are necessary and can be life-saving. This kind of service is not for show or personal recognition. Service for personal gain is not authentic and it will eventually fail. When you do receive praise for your service, do not let it go to your head. Remember who you are serving. Serving is not pressuring someone to go in a direction they are not willing to go. You can and should set boundaries, but you cannot compel a desirable response. An apparent change in lifestyle that occurred under pressure will collapse. We should serve because we were made and designed to serve. We were meant to be free from the destructive force of living a self-focused and self-centered life. God made man for service, as recorded in Genesis 2, verse 15. 
So the Lord God took the man he had made and settled him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. We are made to cultivate and keep the garden. We are designed to have a fulfilled life in caring for what God has provided. We were created to serve. We were also made to serve and uplift each other as recorded in Genesis 2, verse 18. Now the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make him a helper, one who balances him, a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him. God has put us in families and communities to complement each other, not compete. We are to build one another up and not tear each other down. We get ahead by serving, not by being served. Now, this concept goes against all we frail humans hold dear. We are far more likely to grasp at an opportunity to get ahead, even if it hurts someone else. We resist the promotion of others. We live in a world where it is all about me. In God's kingdom, it is not all about me. Mark 10 verses 44 and 45. The path to promotion and prominence comes by having the heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life as a ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many. In God's kingdom, the top spots are for the servants. Mark 9, verse 35. Jesus sat down, called the twelve disciples to come around him, and said to them, If anyone wants to be first, he must be content to be last and become a servant to all. God wants you to be content, and God made you so that you would experience joy and fulfillment in your life through service. Do you want to succeed in your life? Do you want to get ahead? Do you want to be promoted? If you do, then look where you could be serving. No level of fame or fortune will give you as much contentment as there is in being in the place where you were designed to serve. God has given you your voice. Now it is time to use it and continue to use it. There are areas of service during all the seasons of our life. There is no retiring from service. If we claim to be followers of Jesus, his disciples, our faith should be seen in our lives' actions. Deeds of service should accompany our words of faith. If I claim that God is my provider, I should not feel I have to hang on tightly to everything I have. And if I declare God is my protector, then I should not be living in constant fear. Keep in mind the words of James 2, verses 14 to 17. My dear brothers and sisters, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but demonstrates no good works to prove it? How could this kind of faith save anyone? For example, if a brother or sister in the faith is poorly clothed and hungry and you leave them saying, goodbye, I hope you stay warm and have plenty to eat, but you don't provide them with a coat or even a cup of soup, 
what good is your faith? So then faith that doesn't involve action is phony. Is your faith real? Are you a phony? As you move out of your self-protective comfort zone to serve others, it will express your faith and cause your grit to grow. We were made to be part of something bigger than ourselves. We are members of God's team and a vital part of building His kingdom. No membership in any group or club will be able to replace the significance of being part of God's work. God made us so that we would do His good works as recorded in Ephesians 2, verse 10. We have become His poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny He has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the Anointed One. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Do you know your part in God's kingdom? Have you found your voice? What gifts or talents do you have to offer to others? Are you providing them or hanging on to them? We should be serving the Lord and those He created. Our lives should echo the words of John the Baptist in regards to Jesus when he stated in John 3, verse 30, So it is necessary for him to increase and for me to be diminished. How do you measure up? Who is increasing in importance in your life? Living God's plan for your life does not mean that you are to spend endless hours in prayerful meditation and never interact with your world. No, your world needs the light you possess. So pray, work hard, be passionate, be committed, love those God has placed in your life, and follow the advice of Colossians 3, verses 23 and 24, where we are told to put your heart and soul into every activity you do, as though you are doing it for the Lord himself and not merely for others. For we know that we will receive a reward, an inheritance from the Lord, as we serve the Lord Yahweh, the Anointed One. Put on your shoes, exercise your voice, build bridges, write music, and throw yourself entirely into the life God has blessed you with. But remember, the glory goes to Him. 1 John 4, verses 19 and 20 gives us a way of measuring our stated love of God. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. Anyone can say, I love God, yet have hatred toward another believer. This makes him a phony, because if you don't love a brother or sister whom you can see, how can you truly love God whom you can't see? We are to love and serve God as well as loving and serving those He created. It is not good enough just to state we love God. Those words alone are meaningless. James 1 verse 27 tells us about the evidence of this kind of love and service. True spirituality that is pure in the eyes of Father God is to make a difference in the lives of the orphans, 
the widows in their troubles and to refuse to be corrupted by the world's values. How do you view those who are struggling? Do you see them as suffering from the results of their irresponsibility? Do you see them as being loved by God? Do you believe Jesus died for them as much as you know he died for you? How do you view other humans who struggle with addiction? How do you see their parents? Are you empathetic or judgmental? Remember Matthew 23, verse 11. The greatest among you will be the one who always serves others from the heart. Who are you serving from the heart? You should be serving your spouse, your family, your neighbors, your community, and to some degree, the world. Do not become overly frustrated with the slow progress of others. Keep in mind what we are told in Romans 15, verse 1. Now those who are mature in their faith can easily be recognized, for they don't live to please themselves, but have learned to patiently embrace others in their immaturity. Are you living to please yourself? Never forget that when we are serving others, we are also serving the Lord as recorded in Ephesians 6, verses 7 and 8, where it states, Serve your employers wholeheartedly and with love, as though you were serving Christ and not men. Be assured that anything you do that is beautiful and excellent will be repaid by our Lord, whether you are an employee or an employer. Do you see your employer or employees as if they were Christ, or do you see them as being agents of the devil? Do not become a prisoner of your arrogance and self-indulgence. We can serve others in many different ways. We serve by taking the gifts and talents that God has given us and in turn offering them to others by our example, by observation, by hearing, by being, and by doing. We serve by example. Whether you like it or not, you are being watched, and not just by Google or your cell phone. Your life's message has a lot more to do with how you live your life than the words you speak. How you live your life will communicate if you are authentic and trustworthy. Live your life deliberately. Your life speaks loudly. Jesus is our example as to how we should live our lives as recorded in Matthew 20, verse 28. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served by everyone, but to serve everyone and to give his life in exchange for the salvation of many. Be an example of this type of service. Are you willing to sacrifice for others? What kind of example are you? Service requires observation. We become aware of a need through observation. It is essential to realize that the other person's needs and stated demands may not be the same. To serve means to address a need and not to give into a request automatically. Do not be quick to offer solutions for assumed problems. Be patient, take your time, ask questions, and observe. We also serve by hearing. The Bible instructs us to be quick to hear, but slow to speak 
and slow to become angry. Listen carefully and do not assume you know what someone else is trying to say. Ask lots of questions and be as specific as possible. It can be very challenging to remain in any relationship with someone who is continuously deceptive. Do not be shocked when you find out that much of what you have been told may have been a lie. Remember the be slow to anger part. We also serve by being. Serving by being means we should not see ourselves as being better than others. Humble yourself and be willing to learn from others, even those you are helping. Live by the words of Paul in the Philippians and walk together with purpose. If we walk with a common goal, we will be less likely to get off track with self-promotion. Philippians 2 verses 1 to 11. Look at how much encouragement you found in your relationship with the Anointed One. You are filled to overflowing with His comforting love. You have experienced a deepening friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt His tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the Anointed One, has set before us. Let His mindset become your motivation. He existed in the form of God, yet He gave no thought to seizing equality with God as His supreme prize. Instead, He emptied Himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest of all names. The authority of the name of Jesus causes every knee to bow in reverence. Everything and everyone will one day submit to his name in the heavenly realm, in the earthly realm, and in the demonic realm. And every tongue will proclaim in every language, Jesus Christ is Lord Yahweh bringing glory and honor to God, his Father. Do you see yourself as being better than others? Do you see yourself as the answer to others' problems? Are you willing to learn from others? In your next interaction with someone, focus on what you can learn from them and not what you can teach them, and see how that works out. Exercise your voice through your ears. So you are grateful for all God has done for you. You have observed those you want to serve. 
you have listened and are not all wrapped up in yourself and you want to live a life of service. So now it is time to do something. Service requires action. It is a verb and not a noun. We have all been given unique gifts, interests, passions, and abilities that are intended to be given away in service to others for the building of God's kingdom. 1 Peter 4, verse 10. Every believer has received grace gifts, so use them to serve one another as faithful stewards of the many-colored tapestry of God's grace. These God-given gifts are not to be used to gain fame or an inflated sense of self-importance. Your gifts were given to you. Give your gift, do not hide it. You need to give them back to God and then to others in the form of service for the glory of God. Matthew 5, verse 16. So do not hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to your Father in heaven. God's bountiful gifts are numerous and become spiritual gifts when they are offered to others for the glory of God. If you want a fulfilling life, you will find it in service as you exercise your voice delivering the gospel of peace. You will want to set aside a large area in your storehouse for service.